Hey, it's Matt Bovee from It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. This NFL offseason, we can fit 25 hours in a day, and that's because of podcasts that make you more productive. When you're folding laundry, paying bills, making omelets, or any other tasks that you've got to get done, listen while you work. Do your chores and be entertained all at the same time. It's all about the bills, the news, insight, analysis, and of course, some jokes too, on demand, so it fits into your busy schedule. Follow the It's Always Game Day in Buffalo podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, Sal Capaccio, Matt Bove, it's always game day in Buffalo. The big matchup, obviously, is the two wide receivers, right? 100%. I mean, how the Bills defend them. And I'll give credit to Sneaky Jody Biasi, uh, my co-host on the Extra Point Show on WGR. He brought it up, and he's right. He said, you know, if you look at the way the Bills have kind of played the Dolphins with Tua, they've gone after him. They blitzed him. You know, it's like, you mm-hmm. make him get rid of the ball. He uh, it, Sometimes he's a bit of a slow release, so if he doesn't, you can get to him. If you just take away his first read and then blitz him, like he, he's, you, you can confuse him maybe, or you know, you can get to him. They did that last year. They knocked him out of the game. Actually, glad mm-hmm. that he's okay. Um, if you take a look at the Bills the way they played Tyreek, it's the opposite. They've stayed back. They played that too high shell against Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes. We're just going to give this guy, let him catch the ball. We're going to tackle him, make mm-hmm. sure you know. Of course, he's gotten his yard sometimes. I wonder how that gets married this week, Matt. I wonder, do you take the approach to what you've done against Tua? Do you take the approach what you've done against Tyreek? I think you take the approach of what you've done against Tyreek. I think you do whatever you can to keep everything in front of you. I think you really lean on a zone scheme, a heavy zone scheme, just because you don't want to go man on man with those two speedsters, maybe two of the fastest wide receivers in the NFL against two cornerbacks who have at this point, we're just kind of thinking that Dane Jackson has been, is not going to play. We don't know that yet. Like, we don't know that for sure. We're just, I mean, he was in the hospital a couple Mm -hmm. days ago. So you've got two cornerbacks with Benford and with Elam who don't have a ton of experience. I would say the, the one thing that concerns me a little bit is that one of the calling cards for the Bills since Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer have gotten here is that they do not get beat over the top like ever. And that's how the Dolphins beat you. That's exactly what they did against the Ravens. And if Micah Hyde isn't able to go, nothing against Jaquan Johnson or DeMar Hamlin and those backups there. But Micah Hyde is kind of like, you know, the guy who's the ball Hawk back there. So that to me is a bit concerning because it opens up those big shots that I think the dolphins really want to take. I think you play them more as you would have against the chiefs than as you have against them the last couple of years, because I think their offense has evolved that much. Yeah. I think you have to do that with Tyreek, but I think you got to get some pressure on Tua to not allow that to happen, not allow those guys to get downfield a little bit. And because I do think that you've done a good job of, you know, making him kind of have to make those mistakes, forcing him into it. Now you don't have to blitz to do it though. I think that's the ideal scenario, right, Matt? Like the Mm -hmm. ideal scenario is here. Do what you did against the Rams, get your pressure with your front four. And then you can blanket the field with that secondary and not have to worry about Tyreek or Jalen Waddle beating you over the top. The player in this game, I think that is very key to the bills is Taron Johnson. Yes. Taron Johnson's gonna be matched up against Jalen Waddle. And Hey, if you can 
if you can keep Tyreek in front of you and not let him explode, well, guess what? Here's Jalen Waddle, though, who obviously is a uh, what you, PPR machine if you're talking fantasy football. I mean, they, this guy will just grab up, grab up footballs. And I think Taron Johnson really has a, a, a tough task, but one he's been up to uh, last year, did a nice job on him. And I think this year he's going to have to do the same thing. And Taron Johnson on Jalen Waddle to me is a very, very big matchup in this game. And these are the numbers. And once again, these are a little inflated because the Dolphins were throwing the entire game. They were trying to mount a comeback against the Ravens. But Jalen Waddell, do you know how many targets he had against the Ravens? I don't, but I'll say 11, 12, 19. Amazing. 19 targets. So he had 11 catches on 19 targets. Tyreek had 13 targets, 11 catches on 13 targets. So quick mental math between the two of them. You're talking about 32 targets for just those two guys. So whatever your defensive scheme is, think about those guys. Cause as you go down the list, they've got some nice players. Like I think Mike Gusecki is a good receiving tight end in the NFL. I don't think he can really block. And I think that's why there were like those rumors out there that they weren't going to give him this long-term contract that he wanted, or they're not going to pay him how he wants to be paid. And then as far as the running backs are concerned, they haven't run the ball incredibly well. Each of their running backs had right. like nice chunk plays at the end of the half or excuse me, at the end of their game against the Ravens. So Mostert and Edmonds, uh, I'm a chase Edmonds fantasy owner, and he has been a massive disappointment up to this point. So I don't think you need to be super concerned. I feel like the Mike McDaniel mindset is kind of like the San Francisco mindset. Like let's get running backs out in space. Let's get them wide. Let's try and kind of set the edge. And I think that that takes a while to kind of get to that point. Like your offensive line really needs to be in sync and the dolphins to their credit, they did a lot to try and reestablish their line and give to a protection, but it's a lot of new pieces that are getting gelled together. So I don't think there may be to that level yet, at least in the run game, but in the past game, I think they do a really, you know, they've done a nice job. I think the bills, if healthy have the advantage in that situation with the defensive line. But if it's once again, like Daquan, and I mean, Jordan Phillips was even hurt in that last game. Like if you got to lean on Daquan and Brandon Bryant, and then your edge rushers, I think that's a matchup that the dolphins could win on the other side of the ball. We know that Josh Allen has had some of the best games of his career against the Miami dolphins multiple times. I think like three times in his career, he's been named the AFC offensive player of the week after playing the Miami dolphins. He's been incredible mm-hmm. against the Miami dolphins just at the right time. Of course, because of this rivalry and, you know, playing that team, Josh Allen has been sensational. So the bills on offense, throwing the football, what does that look like? Matt, do you know where the Miami dolphins rank in Passing yards per play against them this year. Oh, like it's what, gotta, the, what the uh, the ranking is like, like, like you know how many yards given up per pass play? It's got to be like top five, right? You mean worst or best top five? W- worst. It's the worst in the league. Yeah, they've given yeah. up eight point six six yards per pass play. They're worst in the league. Do you know where they rank in overall defense yards per play given up? Also bottom, worst. I was going to say bottom five, bottom ten. Close to seven yards of play total given up. They were eaten up by a deep passing game from Lamar and by a passing game. They were, they gave up big plays. This is how the bills might attack them and Josh Allen's strength. I, for all we talk about with the Miami dolphins and how good they might be on offense. I wonder how do they stop the bills? 
Well, you look at the long receptions from the game against the Ravens. Bateman had a 75-yard catch. Likely had a 34-yard catch. Duvernay had a 26-yard catch. Mark Andrews had a 25-yard catch. Like, they were stretching the field. Uh, Like, like that's kind of what they, they give up. That's where they're susceptible, which is interesting because they've got some really nice pieces in the secondary. So... I don't exactly know what the bills are going to do. Byron Jones is uh, he's out, right? He's on. He's out. Yep. Uh, He's on pup. I'm sorry. They do. You're right. They very, they've, they've good safeties. I think their corners are, uh, are struggling a little bit right now though. Well, Xavier Howard is really good. So Xavier Howard, and he seems like the kind of guy who will shadow Stefan Diggs, not like play one side of the field. I I, I don't want to be, we'll have to get a fact check with our friends in Miami on that. But in years past, I remember Howard just kind of file following Diggs. Um, and Holland is great. He's their young. I think he's in his second year. He's their safety. He looks like yep. he's going to be a really good player. So I think the, the key for the bills in this game, and they didn't need it against the Titans, but I think the dolphins have a better defense than the Titans is if Gabe Davis can play because Gabe Davis is such a deep threat that I don't think gets enough respect around the league. But when you have Gabe Davis on the field with Stefan Diggs, you really have two really strong options. Like they were able to stretch the field to Jake Kumaro, but that was a busted coverage. Like he was one-on-one. It was in man. The guy got his, the corner got his back turned around a little bit. Kumaro was able to get separation and make that play. So I think if Gabe Davis plays, that's going to go a long way. And I, I honestly, I was surprised he didn't play against the Titans because it just didn't feel like the severity of the injury was that significant. But I guess we have to figure out and we will this week. Was he held out of the game because the bills thought that they could win without him who, was he he held, Davis? Yes. Or was he held out of the game because the injury actually wouldn't prohibit him to play? And we don't know. And we probably will never know from like what Sean McDermott tells us. So that's just one of those things. We're going to wait and see when they practice, but they're not practicing this week until Thursday. We will have an injury report on Wednesday. So by we the time people hear this, they'll, they'll have the injury report, but it'll be like an estimation or something like that because you know, they'll have a walkthrough. I would say this. I think if Gabe Davis could have played on Monday night, he would have played. I don't think the bills would hold him out because they feel that they could win. But I also would say that they have erred on the side of caution. Usually, right. They yeah. usually slow play these things, right. And say, yeah. Hey, it's not about, we think we can win. It's, Hey, we like who we have behind him. So, you know, let's not rush him back. We're not going to try and we're not going to try and do something that's going to put him in harm's way. So yeah, I, I think this is a, um, a game that I don't know, Matt, what's the, what's the over under on this game? It's like in the fifties, right? 51 maybe. Yeah. And it keeps going up. I think, and I, I think saw, that's yeah. maybe that's what people are looking at. Maybe there's more points scored here because I just don't know how the dolphins stop the bills offense, but at the same time, the dolphins are so explosive. You think they're going to get their points in some way. They're going to get their plays down the field in some way. And of course, injuries are going to be a big part of it. Um, anything else on this matchup before we wrap up? I want to ask you about a couple of things around the league. Well, I think the key to the game for the bills in this one, we've talked so much about their young cornerbacks against Tyree kill and against Jalen Waddle. Like those guys are really, really good, but I want to see on the other side of the ball, how the bills get like guys like Isaiah McKenzie in Dawson Knox involved, because I do think that the dolphins have one of those defenses where they can try and limit a couple like individual players. And without knowing what happens with Gabe Davis, I want to see if we could, cause Dawson Knox has had good games against the dolphins in the past. Isaiah McKenzie is starting to like, I want to see what those guys roles are because I think that there's big opportunity there. All right. Have you looked at the, um, just kind of taking in the schedule this week at all. I mean, I was looking this morning 
because I was thinking of, okay, who am I taking to my survivor and death pool? That's a tough week this week. Well, I'm already out of mine. So I was, I I was in Paul Hamilton's loser pool. Okay. Well, I yeah. took the Cowboys against the Bengals. I was like, there's no way the Bengals are starting the season. zero and two against Cooper rush. And uh, boy, <laughs> was, boy, was I wrong? Well, this isn't really a survivor and death pool point. It's more about the, the, the schedule because there are some interesting games, but I will say I'm still alive. I'm scared to take the chiefs over the Colts, even though the Colts look horrible because you never know in these situations, a team that's just so desperate at home. And um, that's why I, I, I don't know, but maybe that's the play. But if you look around the AFC already, some big games, including Steelers at Browns Thursday night, Ravens at Patriots on Sunday, Mm -hmm. Raiders at Titans, even Bengals at Jets, right? There are already big games in the AFC and close games, games that are kind of tough to call, but are going to say a lot maybe about the standings after three weeks. The one that I'm circling is the Raiders and the Titans, because I think Mm -hmm. going into the season, a lot of people would have thought that one of or both of those teams would be playoff teams. Mm -hmm. And assuming that doesn't end in a tie, (laughs) <laughs> One of those teams is going to be 0-3 to start the season. And I think at that point, maybe not as much for the Titans, but if the Titans beat the Raiders and the Raiders are 0-3 in that division, good luck. You're you're done at that point. You're not getting that many wins against when you still have to play all of these different teams in your division. So I think the Titans, if they start 0-3, they might still be able to win their division because I don't think it's very good. Um, but yeah, that's the one that I'm circling. And then I'm also just intrigued by, of course, I think the Bills and the Dolphins might be the best game on the schedule, but I am intrigued by the Ravens and the Patriots because I think the Ravens are going to win. Like, I think the Ravens are the better team. I still think that they're a legit contender, but if they lose one and two, once again, really uphill battle to climb. And then if the Patriots lose, given what's goes, what happens in the bills dolphins game, like they might be just kind of burying themselves anyway. So I, those are the two big games in the AFC that I think have some serious playoff implications, even though we are only in week three. How about the fact that bills play the Ravens next week, right? I mean, it depends on what happens in that game and how maybe we're, we're perceiving the Ravens or what that game looks like for the bills and the Ravens. In the meantime, it's the bills and the dolphins. Um, I fly down on the team charter. When are you going down to Miami? Uh, so. I'm not thrilled about this, but at the same time, I had to kind of pick the lesser of two evils. I chose when I booked the travel months ago to fly down in the afternoon on Saturday. So I'm going to get to spend no time really in Miami, but I wanted a direct flight. So there's not a ton of direct flights on Southwest anymore to Lauderdale. So I get there at like seven o'clock on Saturday, but I didn't want to have to spend like six and a half hours traveling just to get there at one o'clock. It's still nice in Buffalo right now. So like if this would have been in November or December, yeah, yeah. I would have been getting there at 8 a.m. on Saturday morning. But given the weather here, I'm just like, yeah, I'll get there when I get there. Uh, look, it's the same thing. When I, I, I travel with the team and the, the team's itinerary is always basically we arrive in the city that, that the Bills are playing the evening before the game, like dinner time, four o'clock at the hotel, basically. So mm-hmm. I'm in the same boat. I don't get to spend much time. The difference is I also get out of there very quickly after the game. And I always tell people it's wild, Matt, like, so because we travel with the team and with the, the, the players and all that after the game, you get right on the bus, you go to the airport. I will be in my house. The game will end at what? Four Eastern time, right? Four fifteen. Yep. Yeah. I will probably be in my house before halftime of Sunday night football in Buffalo. I might not be back to my hotel yet by <laughs> halftime of Sunday night football. Still doing the stuff. It's that amazing I need to, do. to think about, right? 
Yeah, and it's even worse when you consider that I've got a 5 a.m. flight the next morning, Ooh. not direct because there weren't any available where you got to stop in Baltimore for two hours. Love the Baltimore airport. Great airport to have to connect in. But then I won't get back to Buffalo until like noon. And then once again, you're just getting ready for a crazy. I, I am not complaining. We are so, so, so fortunate to do the job that we do. Yep. But my sleep schedule is already so messed up yep. because of the NFL schedule. Like I slept on, I guess it would be Monday night, but it was really Tuesday morning. I got back home close to 2 a.m. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't, I was too wired because I had so much coffee to stay awake to do the podcast and to finish doing the work that I probably didn't fall asleep till four. Um, and then I, when my woke when my wife woke up at 7 a.m., I was up, I got like two and a half hours of sleep and then I, I couldn't was, fall back asleep. I was in the same boat after you and I recorded uh, Monday night. I got home at 2.40. I mean, at home at one one thirty, got to bed at two forty. Had radio all the next day, and um, you know, and then and then went to the Bison's game on Tuesday night because my son Max, his travel baseball team, had a big uh, awards thing, and they were on the field. Oh, that's sweet. Cool. So we did all that. I slept a little bit today, then went to the gym and got back at it. So today's my, kind of my recovery day. It is Wednesday today, but we are doing this. Needless to say, I don't think we're going to be at Hard Rock Stadium late into the night recording the next podcast. I don't think we'll no, do that. Which is um, very nice. <laughs> but Let's, we'll be able to go ahead. And I was going to say, which is very nice. I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a fantastic game. You want to close out with predictions? Yeah, it's so tough with these injuries. I think the Bills win. Um, I think it'll be highest higher scoring game. I think the Dolphins will get some points. They'll get to 20, 23. I'll say, how about 27, 23 Bills? Okay. I, I'm kind of on the I same reserve page. the right, we all do, to change. This is Wednesday we're talking about this without knowing the injury reports. A hundred percent. I also think I think it's gonna be a little bit higher scoring. Um, excuse me, gonna say Bills thirty one, Dolphins twenty eight. And the 30s. How do I have the bills in the 30s? I'll just stick with that right now, but maybe, uh, maybe, yeah, I'll just say 27, 23 for now. Yeah. My think my thought process is like, they put up 41, they put up 31. Yeah. Like, I think they're, I think that's almost like their floor, which is wild that their yeah. floor is like it's high wild. 20s and low 30s. So I still think that they're going to get their points. Um, but I think the Dolphins are going to get their points. It's just a matter of, you know, big plays at big times, trying to force Tua into some mistakes, maybe getting a couple turnovers and hoping that you're healthy because that is a big story. Like if all of the guys that are on the injury report can't go, then I think the dolphins might win this game. But if it's like half, if like half of the guys on the injury report are able to play kind of regardless of who they are, then I still think I'm going to go with the bills. And for the sake of this, I am going at the bills. I'm going to go with the team. That's got Josh Allen. Cause that always seems like a good idea. By the time we get to Sunday, I'll probably up that Bills score a little bit, but uh, I'll sit here right now and, and go with that and uh, we'll see how it goes. And then we'll talk about it next time we meet, maybe on Monday or whatever, Matt and I will be back with another, it's always game day in Buffalo podcast. Once again, thanks for downloading. Thanks for subscribing. We appreciate all of our listeners, whether you've been with us for a while or you're brand new every single week, we're doing it twice a week. Thanks for coming aboard.